Father God, we love you. We thank you again for your dear son Christ, who is today our life and our everything. Thank you, we can be here today at his table. Thank you, we can be here today around his word. This morning, we'd like to open our hearts to you. And we do pray you would open your word and your heart to us. Speak to us this morning. Shine on us, Lord Jesus. Speak to us through the Spirit. Today, our trust is absolutely in you. We look to you. We trust in you. And we love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, dear brothers and sisters, I'm so glad to be here again with you all. I think I was here uh, and spoke here in 2008. That's four years. Uh, it's good to see that the Lord is still going on in the church in Kuching. We are here, Brother Ken Walker and I, because of an English-speaking conference. <coughs> this morning is that, the last message of that conference. But because many of you have not been in that conference, we would like to review some of the messages. But I would like to tell you strongly the point of our speaking is not just to review messages. I didn't come all the way from the United States just to cover some points. I came from the United States to be a faithful minister of Christ. That means that I have a responsibility to exercise my spirit. To minister something of Christ into you. But I will not be able to minister anything if you don't exercise your spirit to receive from the Lord. So I would ask all of you, especially the young people, to pay attention. Open your heart to the Lord. Open your heart to the Lord speaking. Brothers and sisters, the matters we will cover this morning relate to the will of God. And this, this may be one of the most serious matters that we can touch in the whole Bible. How you respond to the will of God will determine in large measure whether or not you receive the reward of the kingdom. The Bible clearly teaches that we are believers and we will never perish. I'm so glad to be here this morning with all the believers. So glad to be in a meeting where they speak Chinese and Bahasa Malaysia and English. That's wonderful. But, but 
You have to remember that as believers, you will also have to give an account of your actions at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will touch some verses today that speak about our responsibility to both know and do the will of God. So this morning and the next hour, I would like to cover these six messages. And then I would like to finish by speaking something related to both knowing and doing the word of God. The first thing you need to see, brothers and sisters, is that God has a is that God has a will. God has a will. Our God is not a God without purpose. And our God, because of his great purpose, created all things. He created the universe. He stretched out the heavens. He laid the foundation of the earth. And he formed the spirit of man within him. Why? Why? Why is there a universe? Why is there an earth? Why is there an island called Borneo? Why is there a country called Malaysia? Why is there a city called Kuching? Why is there a Chinese person sitting in that chair? Why? Why are you here? Why did God create you? Why you live? Brothers and sisters, we must see all of this is because of God's will. God has a will. Ephesians 1.5 speaks of the good pleasure of his will. Ephesians 1.9 speaks of the mystery of his will. Ephesians 1.11 speaks of how he will carry out all things according to the counsel of his will. Brothers, all things were and were created because of God's will. But the problem we must see is that in the universe there is an opposite will. There is an evil being in this universe who is opposing God's will. Brothers and sisters, this is not a popular doctrine, even in Christianity. Many in so-called Christendom argue against the literal person of Satan. They believe that it's only a force or a influence of evil, but not a literal person. The Bible teaches clearly that there was an archangel named Lucifer. And because of his pride, he rebelled against God. And he set his will against 
the divine will. 并且他决议，他定义，他是反对神的旨意。Because of this, there is a great conflict in the universe today. And God, according to the counsel of His will, according to His good pleasure, according to the mystery of His will, which was hidden in Him, He created man. And he placed man in, in the garden in front of two trees. And man had the right to choose the tree of life, which is to choose God, or to choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is to choose Satan. Man chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man fell. And because of that, sin and corruption affected not only man, but all creation. My father had a stroke and he died. He died because he was born in sin. His father was a sinner. And because of my grandfather's sin, death passed to my father. My father was a sinner. I am his son. I'm a sinner. And death has passed to me. And if the Lord doesn't come in a hurry, I'm going to die. I won't be here. I will pass from this scene. Because as a son of Adam, I am subject to the last enemy, which is death. I am not a full-time Christian worker. Well, I should change that. I am a full-time Christian worker. I just happen to have a job. My job is emergency room medicine. I will fly from Singapore next Lord's Day, and I will go to work Lord's Day evening in a hospital. And in the hospital emergency rooms, I see people come in. And occasionally, I see people die. Several months ago, I was standing next to the bed of a man who was 52 years old. He had come in with his wife. One o'clock in the morning. Complaining of chest pain. The nurse had got an electrocardiogram, and I was standing at his bedside reading his electrocardiogram. And his wife said, There he goes. There he goes. So I looked down at him. And he had just gone. And we worked on him. We shocked him. We spent we gave him medicines. We spent, we spent 45 minutes to work on him. And we could not bring him back. This man died. I went out and spoke to his widow. 
Her father was there. This man's father-in-law. He was an old man with a country dress. He, he, looked, he was a country man. He was not very sophisticated, not very educated. He looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said the worst thing is that he did not know the Lord. Now this man will stand before God. And if he did not receive the Lord, he will be condemned to an eternal existence in the lake of fire. This is not your history or your destiny. But human death is in your history unless Jesus comes soon. And when you, and when you die, the Bible says clearly you will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And you will have to give an account for the things that you have done in your body according to what you have done, whether they be good or bad. That's why it's important that we know the will of God. And brothers and sisters, that's why it's important that we do the will of God. The messages that we covered were mostly taken from the book of Colossians. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, we have a wonderful verse. I hope you brought your Bible. Open your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, we find the Apostle Paul praying for the Colossian believers. Because of Epaphras and his report to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said he did not cease, this is verse 9, did not cease praying and asking on your behalf that you may be filled with the full knowledge of His will. So this morning, I would like to pray this for the church in Kuching. I hope you would pray this for me. That we would all be filled with the full knowledge of His will. So I have to ask you, young sisters, 16 years old, are you filled with the full knowledge of His will? Young brothers, are you filled with the full knowledge of His will? Then in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, we find the same brother Epaphras, who is one of you, a slave of Christ Jesus. He's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers 
that you may stand mature and fully assured in all Amen. the will of God. How about, your, how about your condition today? Are you mature? And fully assured in all the will of God? The problem is that if we speak about God's will, immediately you start thinking the will of God for my life. So a main point in our conference was that the will of God is not about my life. The will of God is not whether I should marry Brother Ting or Brother Ling. No, the will of God is regarding God. The will of God is the will of God. God has a purpose. God has a will. And we need to be filled with the full knowledge of His will. We need to be matured and fully assured in all the will of God. But the will of God is not just about you. The will of God is about God. And God has a will because in this universe there is one opposing His will. But God created man with a free will. And even after our fall, even after sin has passed into us because of death, death, death has passed into us because of sin. Even after this terrible corruption, we still have a free will. And we can choose to align our will with the will of God. We can choose to know God's will, and we can choose to do God's will. This, brothers and sisters, is why you were created. This is why you were born. Why you lived and grew up. Why you got regenerated by God's life. Why you're in the church life today. Why you're sitting in this meeting this morning. It's because God has a will. And you can align your will with the will of God. Brothers and sisters, this is what Christ did when He came. In John chapter 5, He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. In Matthew chapter 6, He taught us to pray. Father, Your name be sanctified. Father, Your kingdom come. Father, your will be done. That's because there is an enemy fighting against the will of God. But Christ taught us to pray, Father, your will be done. 
Listen, brothers and sisters, if you realize this, you will realize God's will is not your will. Surely it is not the will of Satan. But that's what the majority of the world today is doing. They are doing the will of their father. They were born in sin. They remain in sin. They have no consciousness of sin. They simply live their life like everybody else in the world. And that life is the life of the expression of Satan. Sometimes that life has a terrible expression with very sinful and evil things. But sometimes that life has very good expression with very nice and pleasant people. When I came here, I was on a plane and there were Mormons on the plane. I looked across the aisle at the young man sitting there with his Mormon name tag. His white shirt and his tie. A good looking young white man. Somebody I wish looks like somebody could marry my daughter. But this man is carrying out Satan's will. Because he's speaking heresy. He's propagating a lie. He is carrying out the will of his father. And that is not our Father God. Brothers and sisters, do you see this? Do you realize this? If this is the case, brothers, then we need to see what is the will of God. Well, in this conference, we covered three things. And I hope you will take these home with you. hope you will let them roll around inside your being. And I, will, I, will, I hope you will let them judge your life. The will of God is not you and it's not me. The will of God is one person. And that person is Christ. The will of God is one way. And that way is the cross. And the will of God is one goal. And that goal is the church. Brothers and sisters, you need to know this. You need to be filled with the full knowledge of this. You need to be matured and fully assured of all the will of God. The will of God is one person, Christ. The will of God is one way, the cross. And the will of God is one goal, and that's the church. So we covered six messages. The first was on being filled with the full knowledge of His will. The second was on Christ. The all-inclusive, extensive, and preeminent one. The third was on Christ, this one person. 
who is the indwelling Christ as our life, person, constituent, and peace. Life, person, constituent, and, and peace. Sorry, you can't read my writing. Huh? Then we, t- we had a message four, which is on one way, very simple. Just the cross. Tonight, this morning, I'd like to give you all some marriage counseling. How many brothers and sisters are married here? Please raise your hand. Proudly. Happily. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, I, I give you marriage counseling. Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。Die。
the elders shouldn't make the decisions. The elders should ask Jesus. The elders do open to the Lord and say, Lord, what is your will That's because we are in one new man. Christ is our person. But brothers and sisters, the church is also the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is primarily a matter of life and reigning. We are in the kingdom of God because we have God's life. I am in the human kingdom because I have human life. If I have a potted plant, it's in the plant kingdom because it has plant life. If one of the famous cats from Kuching walks in, he would be in the animal kingdom because he has animal life. Brothers and sisters, we are in God's kingdom because we have God's life. And the kingdom that we see particularly in and Colossians is the kingdom of the Son of His love. But brothers and sisters, I'd just like to back up a little bit and tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm afraid you don't really see the kingdom of God. Brother Watchman Nee said there are four, Brother Witness Lee said there are four main things covered in the Bible. They are Christ. The cross, the church, and the kingdom. Christ, the cross, the church, and the kingdom. So these first three things are related to the will of God. One person, Christ. One way, the cross. One goal, the church. But what is that for? What is that goal of the church for? Just so that we could have a, a wonderful meeting. So we could see one another and shake the hand and praise the Lord. But this is to bring in the kingdom of God. So that eventually the kingdom of this world could become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. Brothers, the primary work of the church today is not to save souls. The primary work of the church today is to bring in the kingdom of God. We don't see this. We don't know this. So we need to open to the Lord. We need to pray, Lord, show me the kingdom. Give me a heart to pursue you in the kingdom. Make me a kingdom person. Brothers and sisters, especially you young ones, you need to know this. You need to love this. You need to give your being for this. That you would be in the kingdom of God. And please, don't tell me if you're in the kingdom. And you're living a sinful life. God has called us into His kingdom and glory. But that is for those who are willing to let Him transform them. 
And who are willing to be filled with the full knowledge of His will, so that they could walk worthy of the calling with which they have been called. You need to be filled with the full knowledge of His will in Colossians 1:9. But that is so that you could walk worthily of the Lord in verse 10. Brothers and sisters, God has called us into His kingdom. But I would finish with one point. Who can enter His kingdom? Will you? Will you enter His kingdom? When you stand at the judgment seat, and you will. You will. When you stand at the judgment seat, will he say, Well done? Good and faithful slave. You've been faithful in a few things. I will set you over many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, this is what I want to hear. This is what I want to hear. I want to hear that more than I want to hear anything else. I don't want to hear anything else. I want to hear the master say, well done. But will I? Simply wanting it won't make it happen. You may want to be an Olympic athlete. You may want to be able to run a mile in five minutes. But if you sit on the couch all day long, you'll never run a mile in five minutes. You may want to graduate from the university. But if you never study, you never will. If you don't discipline yourself, you will never graduate. So will you receive the reward of the judgment seat? I'd like to end by telling you there are three categories of brothers and sisters here today. There's very few in the first category. I'm afraid there are many in the second category. I believe there are some in the third category. The first category is the people who do not know God's will. There are few of us who don't know God's will. Brothers and sisters, we are in the Lord's recovery. We have so many messages. We have so many books. We have life studies. We have the recovery version. We have so many, we have so many things. Conferences and training. We have the church life. We have the home meetings. We have the brothers and sisters. We have so many things. Hard for us to say we don't know the God, we don't know God's will. 
if you were here this morning and you're still awake, you already know God's will. God's will is one person, Christ. God's will is one goal, which is one way, which is the cross. And God's will is one person. I mean, one one goal, which is the church. Okay, so you already know God's will. So probably maybe nobody in the first category. Except some of these little kids. But they're in the right place. They will grow up. And that's good. What's the second category? There's another category. I'm afraid some of you are in this category. These are those who know God's will, but they do not do it. They know God's will, but they don't do it. These people want to do their own will. They want to do what they want to do. This is very common. This is very easy. I sometimes find myself in this condition. Sometimes I just want to do my own will. If anyone, if anyone in the universe, could have done his own will, it would have been the Lord Jesus. He was the perfect God man. He was sinless. No problem. No fault. He was perfect in every way. And his inner being was pure. Don't you think he should have done his own will? But he did not. He told us, I did not come to do my own will. Brothers, you, you need to meditate on that verse. You need to think about this. The spotless Lamb of God did not come to do His own will. He laid aside His will. So He could align Himself with the Father's will. If Jesus did this, how much more must you with your sinful heart? But there are many Christians who know the Father's will. They know that, the God, that God's will is one person, Christ. But they don't want Him making all the decisions in their life. They don't want to dress the way he tells them to dress. They don't want to go where Christ tells them to go. They don't want to live the way Christ lives in them. So they are rebels. They choose their own way. They know God's way is the way of the cross. But they think that's a way of suffering. They're not happy. They don't want to take the cross. A young ruler came to the Lord. A young ruler came to the Lord. 
And he said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The Lord said, follow these commandments. And he was a good young man. He said, I've done all those. The Bible says that the Lord looked on him and had compassion on him. Compassion. He said, listen. You need to go and sell everything that you have. And give it to the poor. And come and follow me. And the young man did what? He went away sorrowing. Because he had great possessions. And he wouldn't take the way of the cross. What if the Lord told you today you needed to sell all your possessions? Would you do it? Could you do it? I, we read some verses yesterday. The Bible says that if you don't hate your mother and father and wife and children and houses and lands, even your own soul life, if you don't hate all these, you cannot be my disciple. Can you do this? This is the will of God. Can you do this? Let me ask you a bit different question. Do you do this? The Lord Jesus said in John in Matthew chapter 16. If anyone, anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me. Does this apply to you? You're in the church life. Are you exempt? No. This, apply, this applies to you. Because you're anyone. So I ask you this morning. Is your life marked by the characteristic of the cross? Do you take the, do you take the way of the cross? Or do you take the way that's easy? Or convenient? Or safe? Or the way everybody else is taking? Some sisters would say, uh, I, I, I know all these old sisters, they wear a head covering. But I, I'm just a young sister. I'm only 25 years old. I'm not that old yet. So I, I, I can't wear a head covering. Because none of the other sisters wear head coverings when I, I can't do that. I need to take the uh, common way. I need to take the safe way. I need to take the easy way. 
this morning I'm not preaching head covering. This morning I'm preaching one way, which is the cross. And if you won't take the way of the cross, then you cannot know and do the will of God. Some of you brothers love money too much. I know. Because I love money too much. I like money. No, I love money. I love money. I like to have a bank account that has zero, 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 zero. Ooh. So good. So happy. I don't tell anybody. Just inside, I go. Oh. I feel so good. Why? Because we're so selfish. We just care about ourselves. Brothers, I will tell you, the more I go on with Christ, the less I care about money. I'm getting to the point, I'm not there yet. But I am making progress. The Lord is weaning my heart. So that I just care about laying up treasures in the heavens. Brothers and sisters, will you take the way of the cross? Will you let the Lord work Himself into you? Then there's a third kind of person. I hope many of you will be in this category. Those are the people who know the will of God. And they do it. They know the will of God. And they do it. How do they do it? By their natural strength. Oh, deciding in their heart, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be an overcomer. No. You will fail. You're no better than Peter. He failed. And you will fail. So what can you do? Tell you what you can do. You can open your heart to the Lord. You can pray, Lord, have mercy on me. And you can exercise your will to get into the divine dispensing. Listen, recently I, I saw this. Peter, when, when he was in the garden with the Lord, he pulled out his sword when there were probably 600 men coming with torches and, and swords and clubs to, to arrest the Lord Jesus. There was a big mob of people. Peter pulled his sword and he cut off the ear of the slave of the high priest. He took action. He took action. Would you do this? No, because you're a chicken. You would run away. Eventually, Peter ran away too. But before he ran away, he used his sword. Then the Lord told him, No, Peter, put your sword up. Then he lost his heart. 
And then he ran away. But he acted because he was close to the Lord. But then in Luke's gospel, we find some terrible words. It says they took the Lord away and Peter followed at a distance. Peter followed the Lord. But at a distance. And when there was distance between him and the Lord, now he couldn't pull out his sword. Now he couldn't defend his Lord. Because there was distance between him and the Lord. He even denied the Lord three times. Not in front of the high priest, but all the Sanhedrin. In front of a little slave girl. Warming himself by the fire. Brothers, your problem, some of you, is that you have too much distance between you and the Lord. Some of you follow the Lord at a distance. You go to school, but you don't want anybody to know you're a Christian. You don't want to dress like a Christian. You want to dress like the world. You don't want to look like a godly woman. You want to look like a model on a magazine. You don't want to speak like a God man. You want to be popular in your school. You follow the Lord. But at a distance. Brothers and sisters, if we are this kind of people, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we are this kind of people, we will not do the will of God. So now I have to finish by reading you some verses. Look in Luke chapter 12. I'd like you to open your Bible and see that these verses are in your Bible. And I want you to consider the two kinds of people that are described in this verse. These verses, these verses talk about the people who are type 2 and type 3. Oh, actually, this is type 1 and type 3. Okay. This is verse 47. Luke chapter 12, verse 47. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not prepare or do, do you see that word do, mm. according to his will, will receive many lashes. He knew, but he did not do. Many lashes. Verse 48. But he who did not know, yet did things worthy of stripes, 
will receive few lashes. But to everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required from him. And to whom much has been committed, they will ask of him all the more. Brothers and sisters, these verses sober me. Uh, perhaps you think, oh, I don't like this kind of Jesus. I like the Jesus who is sweet and kind. You're talking about lashes. I like the Jesus who forgives me. I like that Jesus too. But the God man while on the earth spoke these words. He spoke them for us to know. And to do his will. Another thing our dear Lord said was in Matthew chapter 20 and Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of the heavens. Not everyone who just says, Lord, Lord. Some of you said, oh, but I called on the Lord. Very good. You will enter into eternal life. But you will not enter into the kingdom of the heavens. There's a difference. There's a difference. Who will enter into the kingdom of the heavens? The Lord Jesus said, but he who does the will of my Father who is in the heavens. Do you want to enter into the kingdom of the heavens? I do. I really do. But that means that I must know and do the will of my Father who is in the heavens. Let's read verse 24. Everyone therefore who hears these words of mine and does them shall be likened to a prudent man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the rivers came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it did not fall, Amen. for it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the rivers came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell, and its fall was great. Brothers and sisters, <coughs> this is a serious matter. Because we have to give an account to the Lord. We have to answer to the Lord. 
On the plane coming from the United States, I was trying to catch up on my Bible reading. I was reading in the book of Numbers. And so I came across some verses that I would like to share with you. This is in Numbers chapter 15. This is verse 37 to 41. Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them to make for themselves fringes on the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and to put on the fringe of each border a cord of blue. And it shall be a fringe for you, so that when you see it, you will remember all the commandments of Jehovah and do them. So that you do not seek after your own heart and your own eyes, according to which you committed fornication. That you should remember and do all my commandments. And be holy to your God. I am Jehovah your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Jehovah. Your God. Brothers and sisters, this is the principle in the Old Testament. It is still the principle in the New Testament. And then finally, in Numbers chapter 22, we have the case of Balaam, an evil prophet. His end was not good. Because the children of Israel were a mighty army. And the Moabites were against them. Moabites. And Balak, their king, was unhappy and scared about all the children of Israel. So he sent some men with gifts and with money, with fees of divination. So that they could buy the prophet of God and have him curse the people of Israel. So they went to Balaam. In verse 8, Balaam, Balaam said to them, Spend tonight here, and I will bring back word to you as Jehovah speaks to me. And the rulers of Moab stayed with Balaam. Amen. You need to read this note. Do you read the notes? In numbers? Do you read the notes in Numbers? They're delicious. Balaam's asking God whether he should go with a messenger or not was self-deception. Balaam already knew. 
He just wanted that money. We know that because eventually, even after God told him no, he asked a second time. The principle of Balaam is seen in the New Testament. The best preacher goes to the highest bidder. Brothers and sisters, I'm not here because of the way of Balaam. The church has graciously given me some gift, but I would come whether they gave me anything or not. Because I am here to follow the will of God. If we seek the Lord's will, but are actually inclined to carry out our own desires, we may deceive ourselves. Even as Balaam deceived himself. Listen to this last sentence. We should seek the Lord's will without having any other desire but to know His will and to do it. Brothers and sisters, what's your will today? I hope your will is God's will. God's will is one person. That's Christ. God's will is one way, and that's the cross. And God's way is one goal, and that's the church. So you can check everything in your life. Should you marry that sister? Should you go to the United States for, for school? Should you start a new business? Should you give more of your money to the church? You, you can check all of those things. Is it one person Christ? Is it one way, the cross? And is it one goal, the church? Brothers and sisters, if you want to know and do the will of God, Live Christ. Take the cross. And love the church. Brothers and sisters, if you want to know and do the will of God, live Christ. Take the cross. And love the church. Amen. Amen.